and welcome to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we will be moving on to the next pillar of Hellenic Polytheism, Sophrosyne, which is essentially moderation, prudence, self-control, self-discipline, and temperance based upon thorough self-examination. Since we are coming up on a holiday season in the United States, this seems like the perfect time to focus on Sophrosyne and to remember its opposite, hubris, and how to avoid it. It is also important to remember that even in ancient Greece, it was well understood that Sophrosyne could be taken too far, something that we also understand still today. Earthshaker, you would not consider me Sophrosyne if I were to fight with you for the sake of wretched morals. Apollo says this to Poseidon in the Iliad, as Homer brings us a look at what Sophrosyne would mean to the same deity who brought us the Delphic maxims, such as know thyself, know by learning, exercise prudence, praise virtue, nothing in excess, know who is the judge, keep secret what should be kept secret, take sensible risks, be well behaved, be self-disciplined, be sensible. This is not the only example in Homer's work of Sophrosyne. In fact, there are really kind of a lot of them. I would definitely suggest that you read both the Iliad and the Odyssey and look closely for examples. Homer was very sensitive to the need for Sophrosyne in society and in an individual. On an individual level, Sophrosyne prevented people from getting into serious trouble, both with themselves and on a religious level. After all, someone exercising Sophrosyne would be very unlikely to become a spider after being cursed by Athena, right? On a modern level, someone exercising Sophrosyne is less likely to face personal problems as well. You won't wind up drinking to excess and getting into a car accident. You won't find yourself challenging someone better than you to a fight. And you won't find yourself taking on more tasks than you can manage. You won't find yourself spending more money than you can spare on things that you don't need. By exercising sophrosyne, you can avoid a lot of trouble. On a societal level, we should all try to exercise that same self-control and temperance. After all, there is no reason for any country to spend more than 56 countries combined on self-defense spending. There is no reason for a city to cut taxes and not invest in repairing roads or assisting those who need it the most. There is no reason for a group of friends to go out in the middle of a pandemic to a bar just to have a good time. We can bring the ideals of Sophrosyne to our own lives and encourage others to do the same, through voting and talking to others and being an example. When we do not practice Sophrosyne, we tend to fall victim to hubris. For someone who has spent any sort of time practicing Hellenic polytheism, we all should know exactly how bad hubris is. I mean, we've all probably seen it or heard it online. Recently, there was a lot of talk of witches online cursing the moon, specifically aimed at making Artemis or Apollo angry. Now, in the end, it was revealed to be some big hoax, a lie that they told to make other witches start saying things about how they could tell someone had hexed the moon because their own spells weren't as effective. Then the original hexers could go, ha, we told you witchcraft and the gods weren't real. See, 
These guys said they noticed a change, but we didn't do anything. So clearly it must all be fake. The whole ordeal was a perfect example of what could happen if people fell victim to hubris. And many more sensible folks online pointed out that it was hubris, believing anybody could have an effect on a deity by cursing the moon. We've also all seen other examples of hubris. Hellenic polytheists who say that Artemis would never let a man worship her, or a straight woman, or a woman who has had sex with a man. People who gatekeep, who project their own personal bigotry onto the theoi. We've all come across them, and hopefully most of us have rolled our eyes and ignored it. Even in mythology, hubris is painted to be among the worst things a person can be. Niobe lost her sons and daughters to Apollo and Artemis after she bragged to Leto that she was better than Leto for having more children. Arachne turned into a spider for daring to compare herself to Athena. Antigone's father, who lost his son and his wife, and Antigone for believing that his life was higher than the law of the gods. Oedipus refusing to accept his own fate and falling victim to it because of his hubris. Ajax, believing that he was entitled to the armor of Achilles and being driven mad and eventually killing himself. Icarus, flying too close to the sun, too prideful to listen to his father's warning. Orestes, taking it upon himself to avenge his father by killing his mother and being driven mad in the process. Greek stories are teeming with examples of people who have fallen victim to hubris. In many of these stories... Sophrosyne is painted as the virtue to aspire to, strictly to avoid its opposite, hubris. And yet, we can also take Sophrosyne too far. For example, in the Bacchae, Pentheus holds himself as a champion of Sophrosyne, and he also fails to understand that by being overly self-controlled and self-disciplined and holding himself up as the model of Sophrosyne, he ignores the moderation and temperance part. He tries to force everyone to listen to him, to oppose the Bacchic rites, and in the end, his obsession with only a part of Sophrosyne causes his own death. The ancient Greeks understood that there was such a thing as being too controlled. There was such a thing as a fatal exaggeration of one side of the many-sided virtue of Sophrosyne. Thus, one of the biggest keys to Sophrosyne is moderation. Nothing in excess, says one of the Delphic maxims, not even self-control and self-discipline. So how do we apply that to our life? As we go through these holiday seasons, there are a lot of ways you can apply Sophrosyne to your life. One of the dangers is becoming overextended. For example, I have a large family, like over 500 people kind of large. So large that we could probably fill a basketball stadium kind of large. Well, mine from high school anyway. It's also got a lot of different branches. There's my mom's side, which has my dad and her mom in separate houses. My ex-stepdad, whose family we still see. My dad and his family. My dad's ex-wife and her daughter and her kids, who I'm also close to. My girlfriend, my kid's dad, and his own family. I always kind of joke that we've got our own little 12 days of Christmas skit between Grandpa Jones, Grandpa Long, Uncle Cody, Uncle Andrew, my dad, his ex-wife house, my girlfriend, the kid's dad, 
his family, and we've still got to squeeze out time for our own holiday celebration too. Factor in the fact that, like most customer service-based companies in the U.S., my job doesn't allow us to take more than half of Christmas Eve off and all of Christmas Day. Sure, we've got the Sundays before and after when I'm off as well, but that's barely three days for four states and four places to visit. I'm sorry, four states and ten places to visit. Factor in the budget for going to all of those places and buying all those gifts, not to mention the drama that comes around when we decide where we're having Thanksgiving at and whose house we're doing trick-or-treating at, and you can understand why I bring up being overextended as a danger of the holiday season. Now, maybe family isn't a problem for you. Maybe you become overextended by volunteering to work too many hours to help your more Christian friends have the Christian holidays off. Maybe you offer to do too much during Thanksgiving and wind up having to wake up at 5 a.m. to get started on a meal that you cannot believe you promised to cook. Maybe during Halloween you spend too much time focused on parties or -or trick-or-treating and realize that you probably would have had a much better time sitting at home, watching Halloween Town with a bowl of candy and some friends. Either way, we all tend to push ourselves too hard, especially once the holidays roll around and we start wanting to do everything so we can get every experience. We need to remember Sophrosyne during this time. Exercise self-control and stay home when it's something you want to do. Exercise self-discipline and avoid getting gifts when you can't afford it. I mean, there's no shame in saying, look, my finances are strapped and I can't manage any more than X amount of dollars. So this is it. This is all I'm getting. Exercise moderation and remember that you can't actually do everything. Be prudent and accept the reality of whatever situation you are facing. Remember, practice sophrosyne. So, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we discussed another one of the pillars of Hellenic Polytheism, Sophrosyne. Today, I relied on the Odyssey, the Iliad, Sophrosyne, Self-Knowledge and Self-Restraint in Greek Literature by Helen North, A Period of Opposition to Sophrosyne in Greek Thought, also by Helen North, Mythology of the Greeks, by George Grote, and the Wikipedia entry for Sophrosyne. Remember, all the links to the resources I used can be found on my Tumblr at goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com, along with a transcript of today's episode under the tag Transcripts. I look forward to speaking with you all again on October 18th, where I will be discussing the Pillar of Hellenic Polytheism, Eusebia. <laughs>